0: Welcome to the Oral Surgery Fight Club podcast. This is a collection of mock cases in the field of oral and maxillofacial surgery in a question and answer format conducted on Zoom. Enjoy. So we've been doing this session now for, I mean, this is the third session. Um, I started putting this on and I call it kind of like an oral surgery fight club uh, because the best practice for the oral boards is really just practice, practice, practice. And it's sort of unlike uh, anything, any other test we had taken before. And I uh, was kind of miffed that the only way to study for it is really either go to an expensive course or try to set this up yourself. And uh, anyway, having big study group is is super helpful, as is listening to the audio of um, some of these cases. So I'm putting, I, well, I have plans, I keep procrastinating, um, to put this audio up on uh, Spotify or Apple, so you can listen to the car and, you know, whatever else. Um, we had a study group uh, last session, and I think out of our 15 person group, everybody passed, including Sean and myself, and Tariq and everybody else, and Saltman too. Um, anyway, today I, I sent you guys a link to the sign up sheet. Let me share my screen here because it's pretty useful so i put together a little timeline here i know it's only once a week uh right now sundays at 9 a.m if you guys want to have something different um i think uh we also had another set we used to have like two sessions a week that's what that's what our plan was um back for like the the group who took it in august but once a week is more than fine um I highly recommend studying, like setting up to become or uh, signing up. I'm sorry to be an examiner and an examinee because it gets you good practice in both seats. And um, I think Colin and Greg are pretty accustomed to this drill already because you guys ran it like Friday mornings during education and stuff. Um, but anyway, you walk through a 12-minute case. Um, it's really not. It it's not terrible. Um, they can only get into so much in 12 minutes. Like they're not going to get into, uh, you know, what are the cellular mechanisms of how telomeres degenerate or something like that? If you're getting questions like that, you're in a pretty good, Uh, pretty good spot. Um, and then as long as you, as long as you practice, I had a, a little tactic of making, um, sound bites which were little flashcards that I just load up into my mind, like diabetes, myasthenia gravis, Duchenne's, uh, malignant hyperthermia, um, dosing on medications and stuff. I got to share my screen so we can get this first case up. This one's going to be for you primarily, Colin. I think you signed up. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, Colin. Yeah. I, I think this one's gonna be you know, how to turn this, this a one. little more complicated than than Appreciate what it, uh right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be I mean you're you I already know you know orthognathics uh pretty well. Um so I think it's gonna be kind of oh, interesting. Yeah. There's a there's a curveball in this one. uh this let me, um let me share my screen here. New share. Gonna share this guy, and we'll get everything going here. Let me see. Is it worth or the case? So again, I told you guys about practicing. Uh, loading up sound bites is a is a good way to take some of the mental stress off on test day. Like you don't want to be thinking about what you know, how to classify diabetes or how it's diagnosed or you know, what a warthens tumor is like that stuff should roll off your tongue. Um, as far as like diagnosis criteria, demographics, sign symptoms, how you treat it. That's a, like a basic blueprint of, of a lot of these things. So I, I encourage you like on your own to just load up a one to two sentence thing on uh, all the entities you come across, but let's see, can you guys see this screen now? At least, uh, hopefully, Colin can see it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. All right. So let me play this, and we'll go from there. Okay. So you get a. Let, let's see what time it is. It's nine oh eight. All right. So you get a twenty-year-old female that comes in with chief complaint: "I want a better bite," and my orthodontist says he can't fix me.
1: All right. So, first thing I want to do is kind of get a history of her HPI. So, has she had orthodontics in the past? Is this something that she's always been struggling with or is it something new?
0: Uh, She really hasn't had too much ortho in the past. It's just been going slowly, but the orthodontist hasn't committed to one time frame or another. Um, She says uh, she doesn't really have any medical problems, no allergies, nothing else. Uh, What's in your physical exam for this patient?
1: So, Starting with physical exam, I'm just going to start with an overall kind of visual examination of the patient, looking for any asymmetries, mm-hmm. um, going through my external, my landmarks or my facial third, so upper yeah. third from tricheon to glabella, glabella to subnasale, subnasale to menton. Mm-hmm. Um, based on her photo, it looks like she's definitely long in the lower third. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also doing vertical fifths at the same time, um, which hers look a little bit reasonable. Her... Her nose is a little wide, wider than her medial canthus.
0: What kind of uh, what what kind of relate would you call this a skeletal or a dental uh, discrepancy?
1: This is most certainly a a skeletal uh, malocclusion that she has.
0: What class uh, malocclusion does she have?
1: So this is a severe class three malocclusion. So she has. Um, looking from her profile view, I think she has a combination of maxillary hypoplasia with a, um, definitely a significant mandibular hyperplasia.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what would be, uh, additional studies or, um,
1: so I'd like uh, to just get a panorex for a screening exam first.
0: Cool. So you get a pano, um, you get a cone beam as well. What goes into your preoperative planning for this?
1: So for her I'm going to have a lengthy discussion as to um, the indications for surgery and in, in her case obviously uh, an improvement in function is is at the top of the list um, after that um, <clears throat> I tell her that she can expect some aesthetic changes although it's not a solely an aesthetic surgery there are aesthetic components to the um, to the surgery sure. as well um, as far as workup um, we do this all um or I do it with virtual surgical planning. Um, so I'll need, um, two sets of models or an intraoral scan to be able to submit to the virtual surgical planning team along with, um, uh, beam CT with her sure. and centric relation.
0: I understand. So, um, you get your virtual surgical plan. You set that just fine. Let's say you've gotten to, uh, the operating room, uh, or, you know, uh, on the day of surgery, um, How are you preparing for this case and what are you telling the anesthesia team?
1: So first of all, the anesthesia team, I I want to give them an idea of how long the case is going to be. So typically a double jaw surgery is going to be between three and five hours. So, um, I would have them, um, prepare for a nasal tracheal intubation for her. Um, I let them know about hypotensive anesthesia about an hour into the case. Um, so they may want an a liner or something, um, if they want to monitor more closely with that,
0: um, uh, have the catheter, you have the patient prepped and draped on the table. Uh, can you, uh, walk through your surgical procedure?
1: Yeah. So for a double jaw, I start with the the mandible. So, well, before starting, I would place a, um, a K wire in the, the radix for a vertical reference mark. Uh, make some measurements. I make any tooth adjustments as determined by the the plan. I try my guides in, make sure they all fit. Um, After anesthetizing, I would start with the mandible. Like I said, I'll make a a vestibular incision in the posterior mandible on the lateral of the external oblique ridge from the second, um, between the first and second molar up the ascending ramus. I dissect through uh, mucosa, Um, in muscle down to periosteum, I raise a full thickness, be periosteum Um, flap up the ascending ramus.
0: I understand. So you get up to the maxilla and you're completing your osteotomies up there. Mm -hmm. Um, what's the order of your osteotomies in the maxilla?
1: So my maxilla, I start with from the, uh, lateral buttress across to, um, to the lateral nasal wall. Once that's complete, I use, um, I do a lateral nasal osteotomy with a guarded osteotome and then a double-ended osteotome to separate the nasal septum. After those are complete, I proceed to the um, pterygoid plates using an oste- a curved osteotome angled inferiorly and medially um,
0: to sure. the uh, As you're scoring the, the posterior sinus wall, uh, the maxilla, the, the whole mouth starts welling up with blood. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do?
1: Um so first thing I want to this is before I've down fractured. Yeah. So first thing I want to do is uh place some Afrin soak pledgets um in the posterior um with maybe some Surgicel. Sure. Try it, to hold.
0: it kind of keeps bleeding. <clears throat> I can't really. So I'm going to really complete my
1: down fracture bleeding. and try to visualize the where the bleed's coming from.
0: Sure. So you complete the down fracture, you're able to see the the vessel. What are you going to do?
1: Um, if it's the descending palatine artery, this is a vessel that I normally, um, sacrifice. So, um, I either use, uh, if I can visualize it intact and get a clean cut, I'll use just Bovi electric cautery to come through it. If not, I may use, some.
0: what's the arterial supply to the maxilla once it's down fractured.
1: Um, once it's down fractured, um, it's really from the palate, from the ascending pharyngeal from the, uh, palate.
0: Sure. Uh, so you complete. Uh, you're down fracture. Everything goes just fine. Uh, you end up ligating that artery uh, and the rest of the surgery is uh, pretty unremarkable. Um, in PACU uh, and, and later, well, about uh, two hours after surgery, your intern notices uh, that her lips and gingiva look a little dusky. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'm concerned for a little bit of uh, necrosis or avascular necrosis of the of the maxilla. Um, at this point I would examine the patient and kind of do a capillary refill test and see what, what I feel like the perfusion to the teeth are.
0: Sure. Um, so about, you know, th- this goes on about 48 hours out. The exam hasn't changed. Um, what do you want to do at this point?
1: Um, kind of, well, this
0: is, this is what you're seeing about now it's uh, two to three days out.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately at this point, uh, there isn't really a whole lot surgically I can do. So, um, for her, I would definitely probably lean towards trying hyperbaric oxygen.
0: Sure. Um, uh, so you try around, uh, you know, 20 dives of that over the, over the next, uh, you know, two weeks and it really doesn't get better Just a you know, just foul smell in the mouth and cap refill isn't any better.
1: Yeah. So I would proceed with doing a, a debridement of some of this dead tissue, um, and see if I can get down to any healthy tissue, um, sure. surgically. Uh,
0: so you, you end up taking her back to the operating room for debridement of surgical tissue, uh, or, or necrotic tissue, um, ends up, you know, uh, n- most of the maxilla, um, is pretty necrotic. Yeah. Um, is there, uh, would you have uh, prepared the patient for anything additional before going into this, or or can you prepare the patient for any reconstruction? Yeah, um,
1: well, obviously, in this case, we're going to need a vascularized free flap to to reconstruct this area. Um, for this extent, I would probably lean towards um, a fibula to to complete this reconstruction. Prior to the sure. surgery, I definitely would have told the the patient that about what was happening in the necrotic tissue and it could extend to bone. Um, unfortunately this is pretty extensive. So, uh, I think she's going to need a free flap.
0: Sure. Um, so what would be your, uh, your choice of uh, flap?
1: Um, like I said, I think, um, we're going to need both hard and soft tissue, um, for this, um, reconstruction. So I think a, a fibula is a, a really a good option for,
0: this. Okay. The, the patient goes ahead. According to that plan, um, you end up inserting the fibula, um, using a, 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 pre-milled and, uh, pre-milled plate. Um, and that all goes according to plan at what time, uh, are you going to consider placing implants for this patient?
1: Um, so I guess there's kind of two trains of thought one would be if it was done with virtual surgical planning the potential to do implants at the time of reconstruction and let them integrate. Um, or, um, in this case, we had the vascular necrosis. I probably would go a different way, a more conservative option and wait until I was confident my flap had survived, in which case I would probably wait at least six months before placing implants.
0: Sure. So you, uh, which choice would you be making? So I would wait six months. Sure. Uh, so that all goes according to plan. I mean, that, that's the case. That's the case. And that that was a full, like, what what time did we start? We started 9.08, something like that? Yeah. I mean, that, that was already a, a full 12 minutes right there. And that one got, you know, a, a little hairy. You know, I kind of sped you along. I You did really well in that one. I mean, it's, you, it's you a lot different can, rather than <laughs> just listening. <laughs> I know. It's a lot different. It's a lot different. Just getting the words out. Um, my mind's so you, going
1: in a million different directions. Like
0: I know I stay like oh, yeah. on track. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's just a good exercise. Like I, I kind of have fun leading these cause it is like, it's a new thing, just articulating it and going mm-hmm. through it and putting yourself in the situation. Um, like, I think we all know the answers to this sort of thing or what, you know, if it were a multiple choice bubble on a test, it's, you know, it's one thing, but, uh, I mean, right from the get go, you had everything like your HPI getting into has she had ortho before? Um, any pre existing conditions, um, med history, allergies, all that that's automatic. Um, and then you jumped right into the exam, that's perfect. Um, I thought what you did to describe what she had like for an orthognathic case, um, yeah, breaking it down into thirds and you know, midlines, tooth show at repose, and Andrew's judgment, and then, like, what you know, if there's a maxillary can't, um, if she's class two, class three, um, does she have her third molars in? That was actually one thing I kind of forgot about till just now. Mm -hmm. Um, and how I forgot how long to leave third molar to take third molars before the case is it nine months? Six to nine, yeah, six to nine. Um, yeah, so that's another thing to look out for. Um, but yeah, you you diagnosed all that correctly, and then you know walking through the surgical plan. Um, if you're trying to think on on, and I know Colin and Greg and Gene, uh, I I know you guys all have like awesome orthognathic experience. I'm uh, you guys get... thinking. Yeah.
2: For these types of cases, like so, I was like, I actually just take a premolar out on the bottom or take out two premolars yeah. or just a mental yeah. mandible. Yeah. I feel like all that stuff though is like, they would go along. Um, and, or if they'd be like, if they're trying
0: to lead you to this. Uh, complication yeah. I mean, of,
2: like the maxilla not having blood supply. I'd be like, well, what if you don't want to do that? You know? Yeah. Then there's obviously a bunch of,
0: there's a bunch of different ways it can go. Those are, I mean, that's a valid thing. If they start talking about like a Bolton discrepancy and um, like the arch lengths don't match up. Um, or the, if there's a, um, a transverse discrepancy, trying to differentiate between like, whether that's dental or skeletal. Um, I think I used the wrong terminology with Colin sort of asking like whether this was dental or skeletal. I was trying to lead him to like, just saying it's a class three, you know, they'll, they'll ask you for a diagnosis on the, on these cases. But, um, I, I was kind of, you know, at, at hospital center, we got enough orthognathic experience, so that this wasn't like a, a super stressful section. Um, but you do find yourself missing like a, a couple things. If you're not thinking about it, like, you know, your diagnosis overall for this patient, what would you call it? And going down and remembering the, the third molars. And if they say, you know, there's a transverse discrepancy, something like that. Um, those are good things to kind of be aware of. Um, if you're trying to think of how to do LaFort. Or a BSSO on the day of the boards, it's you're you're probably in a, a pretty poor spot. Um, that sort of thing is another sound bite. Just load up your op report in your head. Um, like write it, write it down partially on a flashcard. And every time you get to that flashcard, just you know, spit out your op report for LaFort one and BSSO. Um that's that's something you definitely don't want to be thinking of on test day. Um, and that was that was pretty. I mean, for Colin, it was automatic. Um, as we get to like complications that can happen now, there's, there's a few other roads. Um, you can have, you know, uh, uncontrolled bleeding from somewhere. And I, I guess I could have kept saying to Colin, like, yeah, after you ligate the vessel, it still doesn't work. What are you going to do next? And I think, you know, after pressure, um, uh, chemical hemostasis, and then you know trying to visualize and ligate the vessel um the only next step is really take him to ir um i think beyond that we could have gotten into a bad split so that's that's a fair thing too if you can get good stability great i mean just plate it your the patient isn't going to be chewing anyway um or you could you know plate it and put him in mmf i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with uh um putting him it, locking them down in maxillomandibular fixation. Um, but then our complication, um, you know, th- this is a case taken from, uh, the, uh, I think that this was actually in the journal. This was from Mayo Clinic a couple years ago, um, where this girl had avascular necrosis of her maxilla uh, immediately after uh, Lafort 1 and BSSO um, her entire maxilla necrost. Um, and th- this is an exotic one, Colin, I, I, I was sort of, uh, I was, I was sort of un- unfair with you here, but, <laughs> um, you know, they could give you something really, exo- I sort of knew you're, you know, you're good at orthognathics anyway. So I figured you could handle a, a, a pretty grisly complication. Um, but normally the examiners will probably go for a bad split or uncontrolled bleeding or, um, your K wire fell out you Know, um, there, uh, there's only so many ways they can go with it. Um, Ryan, I just had a question about this, yeah.
3: So, one other thing I saw like in that like immediate phase, like if you're not getting good perfusion in like that first 24 to 48 hour window, is uh, like replating the maxilla where it came from,
0: huh? Yeah, yeah, and sort of just having uh, trying to get like a little bit better blood supply and then you know, like taking it back later. Ho- hoping, hoping plasmic inhibition saves your maxilla. Yeah. I don't know if like anybody <laughs> else
3: saw, saw that. I want to say it was in the like new boards book. Yeah. It, I, it, it, probably
1: yeah, is. I, I, I just didn't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is. I, I, you know uh, it's tough. Cause when the maxilla looks like this, I mean, is it really going to come back? I, I don't yeah. know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a fair answer. I mean, I mean, maybe like
3: day one, if like you're still getting like bad refill you're like, oh shit, like probably should do something. I yeah. think in
0: the actual article, like it, it started less than eight hours after like her grandma noticed, you know, her lips yeah. and gingiva were dusky and uh, they tried hyperbaric oxygen. That was a, that was a good call, Colin. Um, and I think they, they did like, 30 22 or 33 dives in the course of like two weeks and nothing Mm -hmm. helped and ended up like the maxilla basically just came out once they made the incision um besides that i can't think i i can't think of too many other uh complications can you guys like what 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 else would happen in orthognath? like you left a throat pack in maybe i don't know
1: yeah i mean obviously Um, the ones like uh (laughs) your open bite after you plate the maxilla. Or oh,
0: that's like a that. good one. Yep. <clears throat> and yep.
3: then like high fractures, so like intraocular compl- yeah. complications.
0: Oh yeah, like it, in intraarticular complications uh, because of a high split or something like that. Yeah. And then um, like
3: like uh, like orbital apex syndrome or something from. It's oh, like <laughs> oh like yeah the, but the it, perpendicular
1: yep. plate of the maxilla yeah
0: yeah yeah i mean you could have a post-op infection too that turns into cavernous sinus thrombosis and i mean i, yeah. I doubt they'd be towing you down to cavernous thi- sinus thrombosis in the orthognathic section <laughs> um that'd be pretty cruel of them but uh i, I mean i guess you sh- should be ready for it it's something that can happen um, I will say that they're, they're pretty fair with the exam. It's not like, you know, they're just trying to trip you up the the examiners really are trying to like earn you your points. Um, so it's, it's, it, it, it is pretty fair. Um, at least that that's how I felt. Um, I cut, I cut you off a bunch of times, Colin, cause I knew you, what you were talking about the, the ultimate thing with, you know, uh, these cases is like, what would you do? So like at the end, uh, you know, ask you about, you know, reconstructing with, um, or loading it up, loading some implants in, um, and when would you do that? Um, there might be multiple correct answers, but just give them, what would you do? Um, as long as you're not going to kill the patient, like it's probably, it's probably fine. Um, and as long as you can defend it, it's probably fine. Um so you don't have to, you know, know all the answers, just know what what you would do and why you're doing it. Um Anyway, that's basically the that's the entire case. I I thought you did well, you cruise through that one. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um We have another case to go today?
2: I have a case.
0: Ooh, let's go, Jean. Wait, it's who's who is gonna take? I don't it? even uh I don't
2: know. Oh
0: Albana, Albana volunteered for this Yeah, weekend. I'll take it Oh hey Albana. How's it hey, going? what's up? You you finally <laughs> broke free from the kids too, huh? Albana,
1: I saw I saw, the, I saw no, your name she's on in here. the
4: background. You might hear her. That's why my mic is
1: oh, like weird. That's,
0: that's fine. <laughs> Yeah.
1: Albana, yeah. I saw your name on here and I was like, Greg, what is Albana doing in this group? I totally <laughs> forgot you guys were able to do this a year ahead of time. I, <laughs> I know. know. You guys I are know. so lucky. I was able like, to I get was like it. what a gunner.
4: She's <laughs> like, <in the> <laughs> <early>? <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah, what's up guys? Yeah. How are
0: you? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um Jean probably has to share her screen. Is there a way to? Yeah, let that? me figure. I like
2: honestly, I'm not. Oh that oh soon. oh! G- no, give hold me on. one second.
0: I, I disabled it. One sec. I gotta enable it too. Uh, there we go. You should be able to now.
2: Let me see how share up here. It's easy. Sorry, just give me a
0: second. It says I have to allow it in my security preferences. No, that's fine. Uh,
2: I'm gonna just put my log back
0: in. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm not sure, wow, this group is, well, we got 10 people here. Well, hello everybody. Um, so just to share this screen again, this is the most important part is Guys, I'll I'll blast out this link again, but please sign up for you know to present or be the examinee for a case, even if it's a case from residency that you know um, you don't actually have the questions prepared. Just put yourself in the seat. Um, it, it's it's very helpful to everybody, even if you know your case isn't well prepared. Um, all these cases I'm basically pulling from residency or you know uh, the The journal um like the last one was from the journal because i remarkably i didn't save any of my orthognathic cases from from residency but anyway practice is the most important part second i would say just loading up those sound bites and third um just uh setting a, a, a timeline for yourself like like this um
2: uh, let me see if I
0: can share. Yeah, is it working for oh, you, Gene?
2: No, so you're you need to unshare
0: now. Oh, okay. Stop sharing. Okay. Ooh, all right. You guys see it? Yeah, yeah, we can okay. see it. Gene, um, hit that present button though. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, cool. Time Alrighty. is nine thirty-three. All right, let's so do it.
2: So we have a 23 year old patient that comes in. Uh, She's been in braces for four years and she says, I don't like my bite. What are you going to do next?
4: Okay. So uh, the first thing that I would do with her is I get a full medical history, um, you know, allergies, medications, anything like that. Um, And then do a full uh, facial evaluation and, um, you know, uh, just uh, basically look at facial thirds, facial fifths. Um, one of the things that I noticed about her is that she has a pretty long lower uh, one third. Um, she seems to be pretty hypoplastic in the mid face. Um, she's got decreased upper lip fullness, uh, kind of more protruded jaw. Um, her uh, alar bases are pretty wide compared to her medial canthus. Otherwise um, she's pretty symmetrical uh, along her fifths. Um, and kind of start there. I would like to see a uh, profile view of her. Oh, oh and then uh, perfect. There we go. So Max Ray midline, we're going to zoom in, hold on. Uh, Max Ray midline appears to be on with her facial midline. Um, and then her chin point appears to be a little bit to the left about, you know, three, four millimeters or so on visual exam. Yep. A profile view. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, so then, from profile view, um,
2: her nasolabial
4: angle appears to be about ninety degrees. Her um, uh, par- she seems to have a decrease in her uh, paranasal fullness, um, so a bit of a concavity there. Um, her uh, chin appears to be prognathic, um, and yeah, that's about it. Um, and then her, what was uh, her nasal. Labial- or uh, her so I was knees, just gonna ask what does her
2: nasal legal angle tell you about her maxillary
4: position? Um, so she appears to be, uh, she's a, a little bit more towards the acute, uh, more in the acute tendency, uh, especially for a female. So that will kind of lead me to believe that she's more of a class three um, hypoplastic patient, class three skeletal, I should say. Good. What do you um, see here? Sure, so intraoral photo shows that her maxillary and mandibular dental midlines uh, are not aligned. So her mandibular dental midline appears to be about two millimeters to the left. Um, And then she appears to have a bit of poor poor oral hygiene. I can't tell from this view if she has her wisdom teeth in. Um, And I'm not entirely sure if she has a transverse discrepancy either, so. From these views, uh, she appears to be um, a class three molar um, as well as class three canine.
2: Um,
4: What I see here is that she's had her upper maxillary uh, premolars extracted. She has her mandibular premolars in. Um, She does not, or maybe she has a wisdom tooth on the upper right. Um, Uh, You can see that here. (laughs) <laughs> oh, there we go. All right. Um, so she's got her uh maxary mandibular wisdom teeth in. Um and
2: I think otherwise only, I was just gonna mention I I think here, especially for the mandible, you can just see it's an ovoid arch form. Um okay. if you're thinking of you know BS over side UROs. Okay
4: okay gotcha um i'm just assuming i don't know <laughs> i haven't
2: yeah, taken the yeah. test yet
4: <laughs> no 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 that's that's yeah. a good point i didn't yeah. think about that it's like like colin said your mind's going like a thousand miles a minute um so yeah ovoid arch form um doesn't appear to be uh, a v-shaped mandible um it's kind of mm-hmm. leading more towards bsso versus a um ivro yeah. Um, she has her maxillary mandibular, um, wisdom teeth in, uh, otherwise this is a diagnostic panel Her condyles appear to be seated in the fossa. I don't see any bony pathology. Her maxillary sinuses are, uh, clear and, uh, that is all that I see. That's significant. Um, okay. So her Ceph. um, her stuff shows, uh, that her, uh, I'm to zoom in a little bit, um, her... She's definitely um, class three uh, skeletal. Uh, she appears to have a, uh, I mean, her mandibular occlusal plane appears to be. It's hard to see without like lines and reference points, but
2: um, seems to be so I have a one amount.
4: Perfect. Awesome. So her um, her SNA and SNB um, show that she uh, she has negative a and B. Um, so she's definitely class three skeletal um her mandibular occlusal plane appears to be um normal i guess i don't know what i'm sorry i don't i'm not sure we don't we didn't use steiner in our like program so i still have to get used to steiner but um what did you guys use uh we did andrews so we didn't use a lot of these measurements really um her the only thing i can tell you is that her maxillary um I can't tell if her maxillary uh, incisors are proclined or retroclined. To me, they appear a bit proclined, but it's hard to know without actually like measuring it. But basically, so we're
2: class three. So what it, based on what you
4: see, what is your plan? Surgical plan? Um, yeah, so my surgical plan for this patient would be to do a double jaw surgery. So I would uh, move the maxilla forward. Um, and then move the mandible back, um, and I would plan to do a LaFort and a VSSO for her. Um, and considering there's uh, there's no transverse discrepancy, I would choose a one piece LaForte um, versus you know a segmental. And then uh, I would. How, I don't,
2: how stable is that movement?
4: How stable? Um, so that's kind of in the mid range in terms of stability when you talk about the hierarchy of stability. Um, so it's kind of like moderately stable to do a Lafort advancement in a BSS.
2: So tell me about your, um, so when you get to the OR, um, where do you get to the anesthesiologist?
4: Yeah. So, um, I would have a discussion with the anesthesiologist to let them know that this is going to be a double jaw surgery. It's going to take typically, you know, four to six hours. Um, I would ask them to naso intubate this patient um, and then I would request hypotensive anesthesia at the time when I'm doing the Lafort. um So typically about an hour into the procedure, and then um, I would have the nurses also start a Foley on the patient.
2: Um, are you going to do a? So you're going to do a BSSO or an IVRO for the mandible? Um, I would do a case. Okay. Uh, can you go through the steps? Sure.
4: Um, so for the BSSO, um, I would make uh, well. Should I start from like the beginning? Is that, Ryan, is that what you recommend like start with the K wire measurements
2: blend? Like yeah. I was just I running mean, through it just cause we went through it with the first case, but yeah, Yeah, it, it's, probably. it's just,
0: it's just good practice. Like yeah. okay. the minute, the minute you start into your, your op report, if they detect you, they, that, you know, what's going okay. on, um, Definitely. they'll probably okay, cut Vermont. you. The, the, yeah. They'll cut you off. Cut okay. You off.
4: Perfect. All right. So, uh, so I would, I would place a K-wire first uh, for my vertical uh, reference point, And then I would uh, take measurements, do occlusal reductions, try my splints in, make sure that everything fits. Once I verify that everything fits, um, then I would uh, inject local anesthesia. Uh, once lo- local anesthesia takes effect, I would take a 15 blade. Um, I would make an um, uh, incision along the... Uh, External oblique ridge, um, kind of leading up towards the uh, ascending ramus, and then take a periosteal elevator, reflect a full thickness uh, flap to expose my mandible, Um, uh, going all the way up to the lingula, taking care to protect uh, the medial aspect of the mandible, uh, because that's where the uh, inferior alveolar nerve is. And then um, once I've exposed everything all the way down to the inferior border, then I would um, make a cut along the um, medial aspect of the mandible, taking care to get through the cortical bone uh, and staying just above the lingula. And then I would bring my cut down along the ascending ramus and uh, uh, along the superior aspect of the mandible and then make my uh, vertical cut uh, somewhere between the first and uh, second molar Uh, depending on where I see the uh, the bulge of the mandible and then take that all the way down to the inferior border and then I would take care to make sure that my inferior border is completely um, um, cut uh, before I start uh, splitting the mandible and then um, I would carefully split the mandible taking using a flag at the inferior border and then a smith spreader at the inferior border um, and that's it.
2: So when you split the mandible? Where do you want to see the
4: nerve from the distal? where do you want to see the nerve? Is that what yeah. you said? Mm-hmm. Um so typically ideally you want the nerve to be kind of at the midpoint of the um like the the you mean like like anatomically? Oh, like
2: no, no. So because we, I mean maybe we didn't, we just we always made sure that the nerve was dissected and it was in the distal segment.
4: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it from the proximal. Sure. So when you're first initially starting to split the mandible, you kind of get it to start um, essentially like flexing on you, and you can uh, you you carefully suction in between the proximal and the distal segments until you visualize the nerve. Once you visualize that the nerve is within the distal segment that you complete your split. However, if the nerve is partially in the distal segment and partially in the proximal segment, then you have to, um, I would use a series of uh, like a mold curette or um, a periosteal and just try to uh, carefully tease that nerve out uh, of the proximal segment so that it's completely free.
2: Um, So while you're splitting the
4: mandible if you get a, let's say you get a buckle plate fracture, what would you do next? So what I would do is I would then complete the split. I would take the buckle uh, plate fractured segment and I would put it on the um, operating room table. I would ask the the surgical tech to place it in some saline, some warm saline, um, and then set it off to the plate. I would then complete the split of the mandible. Uh, once I've verified that the proximal and the distal segments are completely free and I'm able to um, secure uh, the upper and the lower jaws together with the splint and put the patient in MMF and seek my condyle I would then um, try to plate as much as I can of, of whatever is remaining of the proximal and the excuse me I would um, I would take the buckle of uh, plate segment I would use a very small uh, midface mini plate I would reattach that to uh, the fractured proximal fragment. And then I would use a um, either one or two plates in order to fix the rest of the plate fragment, as well as what I can of what's not fractured, Like what's, what's remaining on the Sorry, I just, you got you cut off. So you're gonna plate the
2: buckle plate? Is that what you just yes. said? Um, that would... And then are you gonna wire the patient shut?
4: Um, so then at that point, it just depends on how big my buckle plate fragment is. So if it's a really big fracture, then yes, but if it's not, then I would not. What's
2: that? Sorry, I'm in a coffee shop. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, I was just saying, so if you're unable to put a plate there, you're gonna wire the patient shut, is that what you said?
4: Um, yeah. So if it's, if it's like a really large fragment and I feel like I haven't gotten the stability on it with my plates, then I would wire them shut. But if I feel like my plating has been adequate and it's pretty non-mobile, then I don't see any real reason why I would need to wire the patient shut. I would then just put them in, um, elastics.
2: Um if you what would you do if you find that you've
4: transected the nerve um yeah so if I sure if I transected the nerve then what I would do is um I would take a 7-0 nylon um and then just try to get the epineurium together um by um just suturing you know placing in a couple of stitches um uh, to get the epineurium together and, and and that's it and then um I would uh put the patient on like uh, a medral dose pack like just some long-term steroids i think what else
2: you can add
0: to this i mean it you guys uh blew past 12 minutes like you know five minutes ago um, <laughs> i'm just trying to think of stuff that we can
2: add that we did discuss in the like, first case yeah about.
0: i know i know i'm sorry Gene orthognathics is a tough one like with pathology or t m j and and anything else like it's, it's easy to get multiple stuff, cases yeah. but yeah i mean is there is there more you had gene sorry yeah. to cut it off I, I didn't mean to Uh no i don't think, I think what
2: I have
0: but... yeah i i mean i i thought albana had great answers i thought the that uh your questions were pretty good too gene mm-hmm um, the stability, um, you know, just going through the, your evaluation, whatever that entails, um, you know, horizontal thirds, vertical f- fifths, um, you know, can't, uh, what else am I forget? to show at repose all that. Um, but the stability was a good one. Uh, sorry, Jean, I'm, I'm stealing the debrief part from you. Did you have like things you wanted to review? think so um yeah um let me see if i could go
3: Ryan, i just have a quick question yeah yeah um what's up bb so given the fact that you know we were pretty uh light with cephalometric analysis from like an angle standpoint Mm -hmm. in our program yeah did that come up you said kind of not really but like i don't know if like anyone else you've heard from like getting issue with the fact that like you know, we really didn't do that stuff. We didn't use dolphin. Like, I feel like
2: you I feel like what I heard is more just to kind of the diagnosis
0: based on the template photos and then the you know, yeah, because the the It'll interesting pretty
2: obvious what the patient yeah, it's kind of what Gene's
0: saying. Like it, as long as you can arrive at a at a good diagnosis that's not like you know, screwing the patient up, you're yeah. fine. Okay. Um, as long as you're not calling like a class one, a class three, or, um, you know, saying you're going to do a three piece when the patient, you know, has no, uh, you know, transverse or, you know, pre or open bite or something like that. Um, yeah, if you, if you arrive at the correct diagnosis, you're good. You don't, you don't have to know like all the angles and I mean, it'd probably help to know that, like, the only one I really know is, like, SNB, and for some reason, 85 is in my mind. Um,
2: is it 82? I think 82. It's, 80, uh, it's 82 for SNB,
0: 80 for SNB. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, see, I don't even, I, <laughs> I didn't think. have to go through any of that. Um,
2: That's, like, the only thing I knew, like, like the. we used on a lot, so. And I only yeah. included it in this case, because I was like, well... I probably wouldn't do anything with that maxilla. I thought it looked fine. Sure. I, don't put
0: photos. I probably would
2: just set her in the back. It looks fine. Yeah.
0: enough, okay. But yeah. Cool, guys. Thanks,
2: Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see you weekend. next week. Bye bye. All right. You guys too. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. I got to shop in my swords for the oral boards. I learned him from Mattel, and he's the Lord. Mm. And I'm his protege. You know, I'm going to slay, slay all these motherfuckers questions today because i got the sound bites they're gonna make these old men go oh i ah, like some afternoon delight yo i got new questions in my sight and i got the answers yo my answers is so ill
0: they give you cake so, 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 so. that's a wrap on another week of fight club if you'd like to participate in the study club or you'd like to submit a case shoot me an email dr patel is in d-r-p-a-t-e-l at bond oral surgery.com like, follow, or click subscribe to get updates and material. If you found this valuable and would like to support us, please head to our website to contribute. Bond is committed to creating value for the dental community and making healthcare healthier. As little as $499 gets you the Soundbites Pack, a proven method designed to help you automate information during oral discussion. A full disclaimer, this podcast represents the opinions of the owner and participants. We discuss no questions or answers of the American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery oral Certifying Examination on this podcast. The express purpose of this course is to provide continuing education in the field of oral and maxillofacial surgery for those in attendance. This course is neither approved, recommended, nor endorsed by the American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery. It is not and should not be construed as an official guide in the preparation for any American Board of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgery certifying examination. In addition, this course does not guarantee that the participant will pass any examination administered by any regulating body. The use of this podcast and the materials linked to this podcast are at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast does not constitute medical advice, nor guidance of medicine, surgery, nursing, dentistry, or other health specialties.